At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, folks. This is Jason Lewis, the producer of the From the Shadows podcast. I just want to remind you about our website, fromtheshadowspodcast.com we have a Facebook page we would appreciate it if you like and follow also join our discussion group on Facebook called After the Shadows we have a Twitter feed please follow us on Twitter it can be found at podcast underscore from follow us on Instagram at fromtheshadowspodcast we have a YouTube channel Go to the search bar of YouTube and put From the Shadows Podcast and please subscribe to that channel. We are also on the Odyssey Radio Network and we can be found there at odyssey1.com. We are still on the traditional podcatchers that everybody loves to listen to us on. We get a lot of feedback, so please rate the podcast and communicate with uh, whether you're on Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Google Podcasts. We're there, and we appreciate it when you leave comments for us. We also have a Patreon page. It can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash from the shadows. You can receive books, stickers, coffee mugs, and special content just for our Patreon subscribers. Check it out for yourself and see what packages that we have to offer. That's all I have for you right now, folks. And thanks for being a part of the From the Shadows podcast family. So with that being said, let's get this episode started. Yeah-ho. Yeah-ho. Now, what? Now, you say it, that was yeah-ho. You were tell, telling me Cabano. about yeah-ho. Cabana. Okay, so You're that... recording, so you better start talking. Well, I am. I'm trying. You're you're interrupting me. I can't believe. Okay, it. go ahead. You you, so, so you were telling me, you told me to remind you that Yeho is that what you're saying? Yeho? I don't. I can't pronounce it, man. I don't know. This is you throw it out to the audience. Um, what's the Cuban word for cocaine? Yeho, isn't it? Yeho? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I think it cocaine. is. I mean, I think if you if you watch Scarface. They okay. sing it the in they you know they say it a bunch and then they sing it. There was a guy in the Minneapolis radio, um, not Tom Menard, but one of his sidekicks would would that's what he would call it when they would start talking about cocaine. He would always call it. He was a J- Jewish guy, so I don't know what he knew about. I mean, is there Jews in Cuba? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, do they? I don't know. Um, 
but he would always mention it in um, Yale. I mean, in the Cuban, in the Cuban slang. You know, uh, the audience probably wondering why we're talking about cocaine, and I was going to say specifically crackheads. Um, right off the bat, should we? Should we? Yeah, we just kind of jumped right into crackheads. Yeah, well, you know, be, that's because this is why I, I have a certain affection to, toward crackheads because I remember the 90s. Okay. 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 It's fair and enough. It's fair enough. And so when I started in law enforcement, I went to law enforcement training in 1991. I was commissioned in 1992. Okay. And it was the land of jacked up Chevy Caprices with purple paint jobs, gold rims. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It was just a better, it was just a better time in America, right? It was just a better time in America because as bad as the crackheads were, they weren't, the times were not as bad in some of these places as they are today for, for, for whatever reason, you know, you know what I mean? And they didn't have the, the necessarily the straight up violence that you have now, excuse me, with some of the um, Latin American gangs and some, you know, a lot of them were just, uh, just, just dudes trying to make a living. You know what I mean? Trying to make a living. I remember, I remember talking at length with, with, with a kid that was my age. We're talking 21, 22, right? Okay. And, and he was, How do I tiptoe around some of this without getting too political? There was a wave of criminal justice reform in the 90s where the three strikes you're out and some of the stuff where some of these kids literally got life in prison for selling dope, right? Yep. Not necessarily not necessarily in gang violence, not necessarily shooting it up, not necessarily anything, but because they of the, of the weight they had. So anyway, I remember talking to this kid, and here I talk about gang violence, and he was there because he he was he was involved in 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 shooting a guy. Uh, but he told me he said, "Hey, this is the deal, man. It's just sheer economics. I got front of the dope. I go out and sell the dope, crack being specifically crack and cocaine. I go out and sell it." And then I get to keep a percentage of everything I sell, just like I, you know, dudes sell furniture on the floor, they sell cars on the car lot or whatever, and they get a percentage of that. And he said, you know, I make between six and sixteen hundred a night, a day, every day. And this was a time when I was working for like twenty four thousand a year, right? So and and so, that was his that was his his cut of it or just what yeah he his made? cut was six hundred dollars a day. He said Good. if he couldn't make six hundred dollars a day, he he should have his ass kicked. And you're talking in the nineties. In the nineties, a day. That's what he said. And he said this is what happens, man. You know, I grew up with nothing. They tell me I got to bust my ass and go to school and make all these good grades and work twice as hard. So I could sit somewhere in some bullshit job. He said, you know, I, and, and he was selling for a guy named Mark um, that I would love to get on the pod. You know what I mean? I, there's some days I think the, the podcast I need to have is the old crook podcast, right? <laughs> because I, you know, knock on wood, I have a better rep, uh, 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 rapport with, 
with some of the people that I watched go to jail or prison 25 years ago than I do some of our listeners in Nebraska. But, you know, that's just the way it is. So, anyhow, <laughs> he said, now my, my mom's got a, my mom, about a you know, I bought my mom a house, I bought my grandma a house, I got a car. I got, I got, you know, for the first time in our lives, we got stuff and, 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 you know, the public defender telling me that I need to give it up to, you know, go down here and get a job at Walmart, make $3.50 an hour to, to look like I'm a reputable citizen. I'm not a reputable citizen. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a crack a drug dealer, dealer. I'm, a drug, I'm a drug, a drug dealer, man. And I'm proud of it. And you know, what's funny is there's, there was, especially in those days, there was almost a, um, a pride in I might sell dope, but I'm not a thief. Yeah, you're you're you, you you're exactly. I, mean? I remember. Yep, I remember that. Yeah, I that might shoot process. you for Owen. Oh, you know what I mean? I might kick your ass. I might burn your house. I might, but I'm not going to steal from you. Yeah, and I'm you only know? doing that because you stole from me. Because yeah, you're a thief. Because you're a thief. Yeah. That deal. So, um, I want to apologize for the Nebraska comment. For the listeners don't know any better, we start, we have a little team meeting, and I'm just going to throw this out to my fans. Shane, you guys do whatever you want, but my fans. It does you no good to get an argument with our social media people because it ain't us. I hate to tell the audience that we're famous, but we're famous, and we do not control our own Facebook page, okay? A third party provider does that. So when you get nasty with who you think is one of us, it ain't one of us. It's a girl trying to get her way through college or whatever. I don't even know who it is. I mean, she's through college. Okay, so she's through college, yes. but yes. but it's not us. So <laughs> when you when you get tough and mean, you're talking to a girl, dude. So or whoever whoever's out there, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'm just gonna yeah, leave. I get I I get all the good stuff, and I yes. interact with the good stuff. Now, because I, I didn't want to leave that, I didn't want to leave yeah, that thing yeah. unsaid. Because the few fans that I have had reach out to me personally, I've had nothing but good interactions. Yeah. With, so almost so everybody, you are our third party but, provider, one or the other. But yeah. but my fans are loving me. I mean, are 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 not loving me per se. They're me. I'm them. You know what I mean? That's that's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> that's so right. we were talking about the, uh, the 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 coke in the nineties. You know what was big? Uh, everybody saw, and not everybody. Most people have seen the series Netflix, right? Our Netflix uh, series Ozark, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it all. I've watched a couple of them. I've got some personal issues with it because it doesn't accurately portray. Um, the world here, I think I've said it before. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. But but I have a particular fan that reached out to me, and, you know, I said, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And then we got to talk about, you know, I don't, we were talking about local stuff, you know what I mean? And, uh, but to, to, to tell you the real Ozark, I did a traffic stop in 1996 or 97 as a state trooper. And the deck, the the day after, or two days after, 
they called me on the radio and asked me to go immediately to the sheriff's office to contact the sheriff. So, uh, in Missouri, like most states, the chief law enforcement agent in a county is the sheriff because he is elected by the people. So, you're, you've got different jurisdictions, but in theory, by letter of law, most everybody's subservient to the sheriff. Does that make sense? So, I proceeded there because we had a wonderful sheriff, and I go in there, and there's a couple of DEA guys there. Honest to God, DEA guys. Hey, you made this traffic stop. You stopped this guy. Yes. What did he talk about? Where was he going? They're asking me a bunch of stuff. Now, I do, when I stopped him and I ran him, he was on federal um, probation. He had a federal probation and parole hit for something, a money crime of some sort. So then these DEA guys proceed to tell me that, and this dude was a farmer at that time, had about 3,000 acres of North Missouri, which I, back in it was, I mean, now it'd be worth, I don't even know what it'd be worth, a ton, I mean, <laughs> A lot of three thousand acres. I, you buy, know what I mean? buy you a lot of cocaine. <laughs> buy yes. you a lot of cocaine. <laughs> and 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 that and that um basically there these DEA guys were trying to to say that the dudes farms were just money laundering operations. Yeah, which which coming from a farming family, if you're gonna uh, you know money not that I'm not trying to say I've seen any money laundering, uh-huh. but I can see how if you owned a big enough farm, some stuff might slip through the cracks. Because, and you know what's funny is, I so the dude that reached out to me today, I've, I've been I've been I've been doing the the Lord's work all week, working, we're trying to rebuild my son's four wheeler, which is an off the topic, but uh, we had such a good response last week for our word salad when we weren't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we weren't story sound, when we weren't directed, so we were anyway, kind of we were kind of meandering, and yeah, kind of meandering. So periodically, as I'm rebuilding this uh, Suzuki LTZ 400, um, so we can take it out to the Arizona desert next week, and he can tear it up again. That's about, you know I'm going to toil for about a month for something that's probably going to last about two days if I'm lucky. Uh, but he mentioned something about movies and some other stuff, and I, I that was that's really where. The Ozarks is is layered in so many ways that 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 show just didn't really do us a a, a service, not necessarily a disservice, but didn't really do us a service. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, back in the nineties, I, I going back to the nineties, I was me and my brother was talking about a guy, and I can't think of his name. So, so big farmer running this money through the farm. Prior to that, I had another farmer when I was working brand new, started in a jail in 92. We had a farmer that was on work release and the DA had come in and seized houses, about 13, arrested 30 some people, seized, I think 12 or 13 houses here in central Missouri and, and basically was tracing this. I just remember talking to this guy at length. He was a first time offender. So he was trying to make it sound to us like he was a good old boy and he got caught with some weed and it was for personal use. It happened to be 15 pounds. He sold hand to hand sale of 15 pounds of weed to some undercover guys. And 
he was crying the blues because they painted him out to be this weed game from Pablo Escobar, basically. And he was one. <laughs> and he was He's mad because a... he was saying, hey, when I go buy a microwave, I didn't, you know, General Electric, I didn't get it from Jack Welch. There's a whole lot of damn people between <laughs> me and this guy. You know? So since he was what? Since he was a first time offender, they give him a year in the county jail, which to old heads, you know, county jail time is worse than prison time. But we would have to let him out every day at six o'clock so he could go. He was a union uh carpenter. I don't think he was a laborer, I think he was a carpenter. And we would have to to let him out at six six thirty in the morning and three or three thirty he would come back and and you'd have to see where he there was parking the metered parking stopped at five thirty or six i think five thirty and he would have to not get in his parking space before four three thirty and load it up to get him past the three thirty to five thirty so his truck could sit there all night you know a half a block from the courthouse so he wouldn't get a ticket overnight. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. So here this dude was busted by the DEA, 15-pound hand-to-hand transaction, and he was worried about his parking meter, was his biggest pain in the ass, was worrying about his, you know, loading it up for the parking meter later every, every day. I wish I could remember his name because he doesn't live too far from me here, and I would, I, and it, it wouldn't bother me to drive over and talk to him. Hey, you remember when... When you got busted and I talked to you in jail every day for a year <laughs> because he would, you know, he's just a dude, you know, sometimes I had, I had read something about dudes, uh, you know, what working undercover or whatever, you know, and, and they said that, that sometimes you have more in common, you know, or, or the people, some of the people you arrest are, are, are nicer or you get along with them better than some of your coworkers. And that's true. Especially in the '90s when the crooks were better. <laughs> now, now I we started talking about crackheads, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, it reminded me of of uh, going to the prom when I was a junior. I now the tie-in is is last night, Christy and I went to a basketball game that Izzy was playing in, and the school that we were at is uh, a, a girl I went to school with. This is She married a guy from this town, and her, her daughter plays at this high school that Izzy was playing against. And, you know, the girl I went to school with, the girl went out with the girl for a little bit. Like I said, we went to the prom. She sat down right there beside Christy. They talked like they were best friends. Her husband, you know, it's 30 years removed, okay? It's not like, although my ex-wife would have probably thought that I was still trying to date the girl. You know, that was my ex-wife's problem. But anyway, so we, we, as we left the school after the game and uh, Christy was saying, oh, she's, she, you know, she's a really nice, nice girl, you know, and whatever. And I said, yes. And we went to prom. I said, uh, I had a really sweet tux. And it was, remember you said crackheads reminded me, it was Miami Vice. Was, oh, yeah. Was this, so I had one of those Miami Vice inspired tuxedos, you know, that was blue yeah. maybe with the pinstripes. <laughs> and I look, man, I don't know if I was Crockett or Tubbs, but I, I didn't, I didn't pull either one of them off. 
but uh so when we start talking about crackheads i i that took me right back to uh to that prom night when uh i dressed like a guy from miami vice you know? i thought you were gonna tell me they were they pulled out the crack at the prom <laughs> no listen listen i mean when i was a kid that was the whole poor purpose of getting crack at the prom but but that's a different kind of crack. You know, different still all, all white where I went to school, but uh, times times have changed, my friend. Well, you know, I, I, I was what I started to say was I was surprised that after thirty years that because I see people all the time. That's why I love the mask. I mean, I probably told my listeners I've got a mask with me all the time because I put it on that way I can avoid people I don't want to talk to. I see people I grew up with, and a lot of times they don't even recognize me. Yeah, I, uh, I, but I, you've uh, stayed there your whole, you know, life, right? So everybody re- still recognizes you. Everybody still rec- still recognizes me, and even though this is, you know, forty minutes away, it's still. Or maybe that says more than me, because maybe they really know who I am, and they're the jokes on me, right? I listen. I think I'm dodging your... the mask, and it's they. They're really dodging me for good. They're right? dodging you. For real, you know, what I started to say when you talk about prom and you talk about the 90s and crack, this is a complete off the subject story, but there was a bar called the Welcome Inn there in, in my hometown. And at I mean, it was an old fashioned blue collar bar that served breakfast in the morning like they opened it at 6 30 or 7 and they served breakfast right just like just like the crazy fox the crazy fox and Busires, best breakfast okay, in so town. so yeah. but i had never knew but what happened is the old like korean world war ii veteran or whoever that ran it all them years died so it changed hands right about the time i was getting in the law enforcement and it's about 10 blocks from the capitol about six blocks from the courthouse, five blocks from the police department. And it was like old detectives and stuff would go by. I don't know. You know, when they needed, they needed to talk. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just a, it was, it was the, when I went, I was at the tail end of the, 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 the working stiff cops in the beginning of the college cops. Does that make sense? And the working stiff cops were just, you know, dudes that, you know, their dads worked at the power plant or their, you know, somebody worked for road and bridge or the sewer department and Hey, the police department or the sheriff's department is going to start testing. So, you know, go get a good job. Don't, don't work over here driving nails your whole life. You know, you know what I mean? So there was a different flavor, but all that's to say is this, this bar, I mean, overnight, got super popular on Friday and Saturday nights. And when I say super popular, some, cause they had dance clubs. I mean, you remember clubs with, I mean, true dance music, something come on the, the radio. My son was listening to with the other day and, and satellite radio on the nineties channel. I don't remember what it was. And he said, do you remember this? And I said, dude, I remember it. Like you can't even, like it was yesterday and it was somebody's mixed tune, you know, dance tune, but this hole in the wall bar, the fire department had it capped at like 160 people or whatever, you know, not very much at all. Right. Yeah. And it, it got to be like, it was a status symbol to get inside. Does that make sense? So there would be a line sometimes 50, 60, hundred people out on the street. For a little hole in the wall bar. (laughs) Yes. People trying to get in or like, 
to see what was going on in there. And you get in there, and it was this back when they smoked, and it was nasty. It was just a smoky, hazy bar that was so tight you couldn't do nothing with once you got in there. You know what I mean? So why it was got popular there for about a year is beyond me, right? Mm, yeah. But in that in that process, crack the four guys talking, was it crack? Was it, was it because of crack? Well, but the yeah. crack. I want to, yeah, because we're you know. You know, I told you we're six, eight blocks from the from the from the center of law enforcement and state government in the state of Missouri, but you're three blocks from where the crack dealers live and projects. Yeah, but but the they had, so they had these bouncers that wouldn't let somebody in unless somebody left. Does that make sense? It was as close yeah. to being in a TV bar movie that you could see. Well, they most of them knew who the cops were. Does that make sense? Yeah, because yeah. either the cops. So so if you were off duty and you walked over there, you could walk by 50 people. And when you walk, especially the, the one side door, when you walked, people would watch you walk by 50 of them and they would let you in. And people would be screaming and hollering. Does that make you know what I mean? <laughs> so I remember going to meet a buddy of mine and across the street was 7-Eleven in a parking lot like a uh, like a. Uh, because there's only a couple parking spaces on the street, so in order to park there, you got to park across the, you know, you, you got to park away off site, you know. Across the street is a 7-Eleven and a and a Milo H Walls hardware store. Um, but I was going to meet a dude, a friend of mine there. I walked past because I didn't really hang out in bars too much because I didn't like to smoke really, and I just, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot for me in 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 bars, but. This particular night, I happened to walk past this line of people, walk to the bouncer. He immediately saw me, let me through. Okay. Well, number two or three or four people waiting was a chick that I had seen several times around at the other, you know, I'd just seen her around, you know. Well, the bar closes at one. Me and my buddy goes out, you know, and they call last call or whatever, and the crowd's kind of getting pushed out and poured out and all this other stuff. And you really can't mingle on the street. So me and my buddy's walking out, and he is, and he is leaving, going one way, and I'm going the other way. Now I'm parked right across the street, and I, I can tell you exactly what I had. I had a 1989 F-150 short bed extended cab, which they were brand new. I mean, they were new at the time. XLT Lariat, I can see it like it is like yesterday. And as I'm walking across, and it's starting to rain, so people are really not going to stay outside because it's raining. And as I'm crossing the street, that chick, number three, four, five, whatever she was, she said, are you parked over here? And I said, yeah. And I can't remember. I'm trying to remember her name because I used to know, at least know her first name. And I said, yeah, I'm right over here. And she said, do you mind? Me sitting in your car until my friend gets here. And I said, yeah, why not? And, you know, in, in my pickups, it's it's black and gray two-tone. I mean, it just looked like it was just a nice rig. So she gets in the passenger side, I get in the driver's side, and, and I, I started up naturally. And, and just out of the way, she goes, oh, I can't believe you're going to, uh, you know, that I was lucky enough to run into you. I don't have an umbrella. It's raining. She's doing making small talk or whatever. And I said, hey, don't worry about it. Where's your friend coming from? Well, she just she just left. She's coming right back. And I 
turn my truck. I made a U-turn in this parking lot to where I could face the street and across the streets of the bar so we could see when her friend pulls up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then out of the blue, she, out of her purse, she opens her purse and she says, hey, you want to do a couple bumps while we're waiting? She pulls that eight ball right there. It, it starts <laughs> unwrapping it on because this truck had a this truck had bucket seats with a plastic console, you know. She's gonna she wants to cut this thing up right there on the console of my truck. She's completely clueless of who I am for anything. <laughs> and I said, you know, probably not right now. I'm driving, you know. It makes me paranoid. Shit like that makes me paranoid. The cops are, are right around, just right here. <laughs> she goes, okay, well, I didn't want you to think I wasn't going to share. And I said, no, that's cool. I appreciate it, you know. <laughs> and the only thing I can think of, so she put it back in her purse. Her friend pulls up. She jumps out and leaves. And the only thing I can think of, she thought I was a made man the way the bar, where the bouncers let me in. Does that make sense when I say made man? You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like You know what I mean? The... Because there was two things. You were either crook or cop. <laughs> and you didn't you know, look like sometimes, a cop. Hey, sometimes that line's blurred. Do what? <laughs> yeah, and, you, and you didn't look like a cop. So, you know. I, I, don't, I, mean, I think she thought I was too stupid, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I maybe. I don't know. I, I just, Who knows? You know? Who knows? Maybe I don't look like one. Or maybe it was some kind of, she, she's probably some DEA agent that was like some kind of sting. To trying to, up, and I didn't even know to, it. Hmm? They were trying to, they were, yeah, they were trying to set you up. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the 90s, man. That was the 90s. I miss it. I miss it. <laughs> no cell phones, no social media. No, uh, what else? No people, no people badgering you, you on Facebook. I'm going to tell right? one other 90s crack story. Uh, might as well, airbags man. had first come out and I tell these stories to my kids because they like hearing them remember airbags first came out and in the early 90s all the cop cars they went from the square body Chevy Caprice like my very first cop car take home cop car was an 89 Chevy Caprice so it was a square body style so but they were transitioning into the big Shamu Orca you know they, 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 they <laughs> oh yeah they were yeah. they look like orca whales. Those Caprices, ninety three, I think, ninety two, ninety three Caprices had an airbag, and the ninety two Crown Vicks had an airbag. Actually, the, the Crown Vicks had them in eighty eight, I think, eighty nine. Well, if your airbag deployed, your engine stopped. So what would happen is on the east side of town, when these cops would go turn on the red lights, the bad guy would stop. As soon as uh. the cops started to get out, they'd put it in reverse in 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 reverse at a as hard as they could into the cop car, it would deploy his airbag and then they would put it in gear and take off because the cop car's car wouldn't start. Oh yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I knew, I knew where you were going with that. (laughs) And we had a cop named Stoner. You know, it's funny. I can, I can see his, cause some cops would kill you for what I'm going about to tell you the story. Right. Okay. But the real, the, the real good cops who, who, who are tough guys that don't have to prove anything and have a great sense of humor like this guy, right? He goes to stop some crack heads on the, on the east side of town and they do just that. They put it in reverse and 
run through the back into the grill of his cop car, right? Go to take off. Well, he jumps back in the cop car. Chase gives chase. They go a couple of blocks and do the same thing. They stop. Back into him. Take off. He gives chase. On the third time, I think third or fourth time, by that time, there was multiple cop cars that were able to surround the, the, the bullet vehicle or the target vehicle and take these people into custody, right? Okay. And they just couldn't figure out why his airbag, why it wasn't working. Now, he, because he had one of the last of the 89 Caprices, he didn't have an airbag. But, and he had, like I said, he was kind of, some guys nowadays would kill you, but he was just, okay, we're going to keep this up. We're going to keep this up, you know? Because you're crackheads. You know? They pay me for this. They pay me for this. So the joke's on you. So that's the deal when they're bringing up the jail booker. The joke's on you guys, man. There ain't no airbag in that car. Oh, shucks. Man, I wish we had known that. Yeah, they might have got away. Maybe. Uh Uh That's life, isn't it? Sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. <laughs>